It's the Muppod Show with our very special guests, Ben and Joe. That's right, guys. We're here. Uh, the Muppod Show is back. As you can tell, we took a little bit of a break, but uh, there's definitely some reasons for it. How does it feel to be back, Ben? Hi-ho, everybody, and Merry Christmas. Happy yes. holidays. It's Merry the Christmas. first annual, the inaugural Muppod Show Christmas special. The first of many. <laughs> if you're listening to this... Uh, thank you. It's obviously in the future. Uh, if it's in the the near future, relative to when we're recording this, um, yeah, it's been it's been several several weeks since we recorded our last episode. Um, if you're listening to this in the in the distant future, uh, and there are many many episodes after this one, uh, it'll get better. I, pro- <laughs> I promise. <laughs> uh, we do have uh, we do have sort of some play. You know, we we went through some Muppets Now stuff. Um, and I think we're just sort of trying to, to get our feet and trying to figure out exactly how we want this to go. And we were kind of playing with formats with, you know, episode reviews and, and we kind of want to move, uh, sort of want to include that kind of stuff, but also, uh, branch out and have other Muppet centric material. Uh, so every episode is not a, a watch along. Every episode does not require you to watch something before you, you come to the episode, um, so we're going to be trying some different things out as we, uh, as we move forward. That is correct. Now, this episode, however, is going to be, uh, uh, one that we did watch something and, uh, hopefully people can, you know, watch as well and enjoy. I mean, it's probably one of the more easy, easily accessible Muppet things that we do. It's on YouTube, but, uh, yeah, we are going to be trying some stuff out. Uh, we were talking about some different segments just before this that I'm very excited to see that I don't know if you want to tease that stuff or not. You know, we don't want everything to be a, uh, a watch along. So I think one one idea we had was, you know, we as as we were moving through, um, you know, the different pieces of, of kind of Muppet literature that we have, we we knew that there were we're discovering more and more characters in this universe, more and more Muppets that exist in tiny ways and in obviously huge front facing ways. And so uh, we want to do uh, some profiles, and again, sort of as a callback to. To Muppets now, uh, you know, we had the the Mupp close and personal um, profiles of of Muppets, and uh, and and so we kind of want to do something like that. So uh, in the future, I think you'll get some uh, sort of history of uh, a closer look at uh, episodes where we kind of dig deep into uh, the different members of this of this big crazy family. And that's kind of the cool thing is, uh, you know. As we were talking about doing that, we were look we're we're looking at the different characters that sort of build up this universe, and yeah, it's like endless. It's endless. There's so many characters that I mean, that could be a whole pot onto itself almost There's a, of us just doing that. Us but just um, listing every Muppet. Yeah, we could. I mean, we could sit there and list every Muppet, how many times they've appeared, different things Yoda. about them. Yeah, there you go. Episode one, right there, Yoda. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, so we have a couple different things coming down the pike that um, are going to be very different. And I, th- I feel like uh, are going to give us a, br- uh, a, a, a platform to sort of jump off of and become, um, like you said, a little bit less of kind of a watch-along thing and a little bit more of like a free form allowing us to sort of like jump off these, these points and uh, still stay within the Muppet realm, but, you know, get to things that, that maybe we want to talk about in a little bit greater detail than when we're having to recap this episode and, and sort of remember the events that are coming before and after and stuff like that. It gives us a little more freedom. Yeah. It doesn't have to be sequential. Um, and I think we didn't want to tie ourselves to a timeline, uh, or to like, um, you know, this, like a schedule of, of sort of watching every single thing. And so if we, if we jump from, you know, this movie to this character to this whatever um just you can expect less uh, sort of of a rigid um sort of type of content uh you know every every single time right and so uh you know just just stay tuned again if you're listening to this in the distant future and there are several episodes after this one uh they do get better i promise yeah consider this the turning point (laughs) new year new us that's right that's right. We're going to leave 2020 in the rear view. Saying all that, we do hope everyone's having a Merry Christmas, having a, you know, happy holidays. And um, we want to talk about, uh, this is our, like, like you said, this is our first Christmas episode. Uh, like we said, the first of many. 
and uh, you suggested doing uh, a Muppet Family Christmas. Now, um, in my head, for whatever reason, I guess this is because of the first one I saw. It's the only Christmas one I've, I've seen, I think, before was Muppet Christmas Carol. So I was like, I guess we're just going to do that. It's on Disney Plus and stuff. Then you sent me the link for Muppet Family Christmas. I've never seen this before. This is the first time I've ever seen this, and my mind was absolutely blown by it. Um, I, I have to give it to you. What an excellent first episode, uh, first excellent Christmas episode to go on here. Um, this is an excellent TV special. Uh, it was shown uh, on ABC, uh, December 16th, 1987, and um, features something that I... I, I just love. I thought it was one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time, which was a crossover. You want to tell us more about that? Yeah. So, I mean, truly, so full disclosure, uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol is my favorite Muppet movie. It's my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, and so obviously I, you know, sort of like, I'm ready to talk about the movie at all times. Um, but (laughs) I, I, you know, uh, kind of an underrepresented piece of, of Muppet, sort of Christmas history. And there, there's a lot, I mean, there's several Muppet Christmas features, whether it's a, a TV special like this or a feature film albums, like the Muppets have a strong Christmas presence. Yeah. And that's um, what I'm saying. The first of many is like, if we do one of these per year, like we're set for a couple of years, <laughs> like we're good. Did you see what I did there? I did. And I enjoyed it. Very, very uh, happy. So, <laughs> so what, I mean, this is, it's called a Muppet family Christmas. And like you said, it is a true family affair uh it's it's one of the few uh pieces of of muppet dumb that features like every type of muppet uh there are obviously you know the muppets and then you know sesame street fraggle rock muppet babies uh, jim henson shows up doc from fraggle rock like this is truly uh a a all hands on deck actual muppet family event and yep. it's wholesome as hell, man. It and I, honestly, like, it's I I remember watching this when I was a kid. But the music in this is for me the thing that like that I that keeps me that keeps it in my head. The first song during the the opening credit sequence, um, they're singing uh, "We Need a Little Christmas." And we had when I was a kid this CD, and it was called like a classic cartoon Christmas, I think is what it was. And it was just like compilation of like the the Christmas cartoon standards, like the Frosties and the Rudolphs and all that kind of stuff. And there were a couple of songs from this from this TV special on that album. It was the the We Need a Little Christmas and the Jingle Bell Rock, also from pretty early in this in this movie. Yeah. Um and so when I think of those songs, like it, it it I immediately obviously think of this movie. Um so it, it jumps to the top of my mind when I think Muppet Christmas. Not as high as Muppet Christmas Carol and and, <laughs> and we'll get to that. It will get its day it's, probably it's... several days. Uh Michael Kane, we're coming for you. Uh we we we'd love to chat. But yeah. um, Well, I will say it's pretty high up there though. Like I I, I loved yeah. this. I really it's really great. loved this. Now, um I do want to say, well, no, let, let's just continue on your point. Uh, my point needs to be said later, I think. Go ahead. No, please. Well, now I was going to say like what 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 ultimately sets it back is um I think the length. It's a little bit short. I mean, I wouldn't even it's not a, it's not really a movie. It's it's like a TV special. Yeah, it's 45 minutes, so with with cartoons it was an hour. Yeah. Right. Yeah, or not cartoons with with commercials, commercials yeah. Uh on on TV in in the 80s it was an hour. So, uh you know, a good just sort of, you know, mid-December just like the the claymation specials that were on CBS for all those years and the Charlie Brown Christmases and it's just one of those sort of Toss it on. Everybody sits in front of the TV and and, and has a, a great time. And it's a it's a blast, man. I, I love this movie. Yeah, it, it's it's excellent. And there's so much like oh my god, like moments like when you see the the Sesame Street gang roll up. And um, I just I loved the little crossovers between it. You see like uh, what is it, Oscar the Grouch and Rizzo uh, mm-hmm. having their little interaction. The Swedish Chef wanting to cook Big Bird. I loved 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 Rolf playing for Bert and Ernie. Like for the play, he's playing the piano. Um, just those little moments um, that it's it seems like nothing, I, I feel like, to probably a lot of people. But, man, I was so tickled by seeing those characters interact together. Um, it's like it's it's like when Big Bird, like, shows up in the first Muppet movie. Like, it's, it's just those moments where, like, oh, my God, you know, you don't really th- – I, I feel like, 
lately you don't think of them in the same universe. Um, I guess just because they've been separate for so long now. We haven't yeah, really seen it, any sort of crossover in a long time. It's sort of like it draws your mind to just how similar a lot of these characters are, not just obviously in voice, but in mannerisms. Um, you know, there was a, a, a scene where, where Janice comes out of the kitchen with a plate of cookies and the cookie monster obviously just demolishes that plate. And Animal was like, that's my kind of guy, right? Like, and it's just so funny because they are just two agents of chaos who exist in this same universe, but obviously Cookie Monster lives on Sesame Street and Animal doesn't. And so when they meet, it's like this, you know, it's like it's like two of your favorite, you know, cartoons as a kid uh, crossing over and, and sort of the characters getting to meet each other. It's this weird kind of almost like alternate, like like bizarro kind of situation where these characters are meeting their, their counterparts, basically, yeah. uh, from Sesame Street. But... No, I, look, I, again, I love, 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 love this Christmas special. And so if you haven't seen it, it's it's very easy to find. Just Google it. It's probably the first link. And uh, stay through the credits uh, for an Easter egg. But um, <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's uh, I, I love it. It's not, again, it's not that big of an investment in time. And it, it is, a, if, you're a, if you like Muppets at all, this is the... This not the, but it can be the like definitive lineup for Muppet performers because yes. this is pre the death of Jim Henson, so he is in it. Frank Oz, Jerry Nelson, uh, Dave Goles, Steve Whitmire, Carol Spinney, obviously uh, as as Big Bird. Like if if they were the classic performer, they were in this movie. And again, uh, Jerry Parks, who was Doc on on the Fraggle Rock television show, was in this as well. So this is a who's who, literally. Uh, of not only Muppets but also Muppet performers and uh, you know it's at the very end of of the episode Jim Henson makes an appearance as I mean I guess as himself uh, d- d- nobody actually says like hey it's Jim it Henson but weird. like yeah. it's clearly him and he's you know talking to Sprocket and he's gonna go wash some dishes but like th- that's so cool considering this was you know this came out about two years or so before he he passed away um, this is truly a a real like piece of Muppet history considering how many characters and how many performers are in it for however long um it really kind of means a lot to to see all of those those people involved and i'm gonna yeah exactly i'm going to reveal something that i've never revealed before um i mean i'm not really sure who i'm revealing this i guess to you (laughs) (laughs) i just i don't know who else i would have told this to i mean i I need to sit down yeah uh no i mean look i loved Sesame Street when I was a kid and I loved the Muppets a lot you know I used to love the Muppets when I was a kid too um I get very very sentimental when Big Bird is on screen in these in these things um so like I, like I love Carol Spinney like Carol Spinney is just awesome um I think he's probably one of the more talented performers we'll ever have Rest uh in yeah absolutely or, yeah ever had I guess um uh, in all of puppetry and everything Muppets related in, in, in entertainment in general. I mean, the guy, what the guy did in that big bird, uh, you know, costume is, is insane. And I'll admit every single time Carol Spinney gets on screen, I don't know why this is. I mean, I, I guess it's because of how much I admire the guy. Um, I, I, I get emotional. I get a little bit emotional when I, I see him on screen now. Um, when I saw him pop up in the episode, I was like, oh man, like, it's just, you know, tr- I was, I was choked up a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. And, uh, yeah, that happens, I, that happens now. Like I, I watched the Muppet movie, um, with my girlfriend not too long ago. Uh, she'd never seen it before. And I was, uh, yeah, I, I, I got emotional when he was on screen. You know, it just happens now. And, uh, I sort of get the same way with Jim Henson. So this, this was an emotional watch for me. Like when I saw him. And especially when you think about it, like, like that, those are his children, basically. Like he made that, he made like this, this awesome party of Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock, and uh, the Muppets, like all of them coming together. Um, I thought that was like one of the. I, I got very sentimental when when I saw him on screen, even though like what he was, he wasn't making some big point. It was just him showing up for a moment and just being like, 
look at look at this look at what i made you know i I thought that was one of the cooler things i've ever seen in a muppet movie yeah i mean uh you know not to sort of bring things down but uh just out of this lineup uh you know henson jerry nelson who you know voiced characters like the count i think he's probably most famous for the count um but also like robin the frog floyd pepper camilla um richard hunt who was the original voice of scooter and beaker uh two-headed monster uh as well as carol spinney like all of them have have since passed away uh jim henson and, and richard hunt passed away in the early 90s and then uh carol spinney and, and jerry nelson within the last decade or so but you know sort of as us not necessarily having grown up with the Muppets, like, you know, we're, we're, we're younger. We, we were born in the 90s, and so we didn't grow up watching the Muppets live on television with that cast of, of performers. So, you know, as I mentioned on, on, you know, one of the previous episodes, like Steve Whitmire is, is probably the voice of Kermit that I most associate with Kermit because he was Kermit for, you know, almost 30 years. From, from the time that Jim Henson passed away to just a couple of years ago, he's the voice of Kermit for me. Um, yes. And so to hear Henson, to know that he's the original voice and like to watch the old Muppet show episodes and know that that's Jim Henson and, and then to hear Henson talk in in the end of that episode, like I, I you know, have watched interviews with Jim Henson and, and know his voice. But at the end of this this movie, when he's talking to Sprocket, that like you can hear Kermit obviously like and and that just sort of not to to try to to draw you know too too deep of a of a of a point here but it kind of just sort of shows how much of Kermit is Jim Henson and how like how he is those characters and like obviously Jim Henson voices Rolf and Dr. Teeth and the Swedish chef but like you hear Kermit in him and you yeah. hear Jim Henson in Kermit. And so that's so cool. And it's like Carol Spinney, you know, as Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch. Like, no matter who is voicing Big Bird, it's it's they're, they're compared to Carol Spinney um, forever. And that voice is that character. And so to have all of these characters, sort of the original voices and performers... Um, was yeah. really cool and and it's it's neat because again coming off of Muppets Now or the most recent Muppet stuff you know Dave Goals is pretty much it and Steve Whitmire are pretty much it uh, in terms of like the performers who are still around um, and even you know Whitmire is now sort of not there so pretty much just Dave Goals as Gonzo and a, and a handful of other characters um, so it's cool it's kind of a it's, it's a neat setback in time yeah it it really is and it's cool like. Like what you said, like like you hear Kermit when when Jim Henson talks, and I think that's a really cool thing. Where it's like you know he Jim Henson may be gone, but like I, I it's it's one of the first things I always think of when I hear Kermit is Jim Henson. So it's one of those things where it's like it's it's almost like he never left sometimes for me. Like when I'm hearing it, because. I still want to. I know it's not obviously, and I give I give credit to those performers, but it's it's the original guy, man. It's like you, I. It's like he's still around when I hear Kermit because of how much of them were a part of him, and like what he's what he worked so hard on, and what how much time he spent on creating this world. You know. Yeah, so, and I mean, I, it's yeah, even like it's, it's even like more so because obviously uh you know walt disney was the original voice of of mickey mouse and obviously walt disney is synonymous with mickey mouse but you don't hear mickey mouse obviously uh when when walt disney talks like in any capacity uh if you watch any of any any piece of media where walt disney is speaking you don't hear mickey mouse but when jim henson is talking you hear kermit the frog um, and so I think that that's just that, that, and, and I guess puppetry being that sort of very kind of physical, like fully encapsulating kind of like you, you are that character, um, sort of medium, uh, I, I guess it lends itself to that, but you know, it's, it's much easier to slip into that character. Um, but yeah, I guess that just shows the, the, the talent and kind of the, the legacy uh, of Jim Henson is is the fact that that regardless 
uh, of where he is on screen um, or what character or whatever. If you if Carmen's talking, you know that's Jim Henson. And yeah, absolutely. Well. You, you use the perfect word there, legacy. Like, like no matter what, like his presence is felt. I think in everything that we watch through Muppets, you know. So, and I, th- I feel like this was kind of a cool, and he, he was even there. Like what we were watching was kind of a cool, I think, sort of celebration of the, the of what his work was. Yeah. Um. So I did want to uh, sort of on on a similar note. Um. And I, I mentioned this a little earlier. Uh, watching through this episode uh, or this uh, this movie, it it draws your mind uh, or your brain to if you closed your eyes and you heard and you were you were watching this movie with 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 no view, right? You were just listening to it when Ernie is on screen and Kermit is on screen. The two are indistinguishable. Like they they have the same voice. Bert and Fozzie. They have the same voice to a certain extent. Cookie Monster and Animal have the same. Like, it's just, it's it, obviously they're the same performers, but yeah. it is this like, it's this weird because they've, they don't exist in the same world. It's like, you've never seen Clark Kent and Superman in the same room. Uh, and when you do, <laughs> you realize that they are in fact the same. So it was, you know, when, when the, when the Sesame street squad shows up and they're caroling outside, the first voices you hear are Bert and Ernie. And if you had your eyes closed, that's Kermit and Fozzie. And so that was that was a little jarring uh, watching this back, um, just sort of hearing how similar those voices are. It was weird. I didn't notice it at first, but I did go back once. Like, it, like when it happened, it didn't hit me. And then a couple seconds passed, and I backed it up, and I was like, oh. <laughs> it's, like, you're 100% correct. Like, I absolutely heard that as well. It's, it's interesting. And it, look, I understand. It's like, how many voices can you do? Like, it's... You know, it's I I get it, but at the same time, it is like it's weird that they paired some people like Cookie Monster and Animal together, when knowing that might have been the case. <laughs> like, what would have you know? Eventually, you're going to be able to tell. And I think it's just like showing. I think that was kind of part of their that that, that had to have been part of the plan. Um, was just kind of like these are two different families. Right. Like they're, they're two different families that are coming together, uh, part of the same sort of larger family group. And it just shows how similar they are to each other. Now, I think you could argue that Big Bird is more of the Kermit of the Sesame Street group than than Ernie is. Oh, yeah. But if we're talking, I mean, if we're talking like duos, Bert and Ernie and Kermit and Fozzie, right? Like those are that's yes. those are the, the duos. And, and if we're talking Agents of Chaos, we're talking Cookie Monster and Animal. And so I think putting them together in that way and even, you know, the Rizzo Oscar the Grouch thing didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, I guess it's just playing off that, you know, Rizzo's a rat and they live in the trash. But, um, you know, putting these these characters together just kind of allowed the audience to see how similar they are and that they kind of serve in in sort of kind of like the same role in their respective worlds you know it's it's just interesting to watch these people like interact and i say people but it's interesting to watch these muppets and sesame street characters interact and sort of like draw those comparisons between the the sort of like duos and then the the the, the chaos creators and it's not something you that i feel like really comes to mind all that much until it's right there in, in front of you in a way that that like shows it i mean like we got moments of you know Bert and Ernie doing their thing during their performance. You know, we got moments of um, of the chaos of even if it was a brief moment of Cookie Monster just you know, what was it? It was Animal saying he likes uh, Cookie Monster style, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cookie Monster, yeah, demolished a plate of cookies and then yeah. took off, and uh, and Animal was a big fan of that. Right. So you get you get. I mean, even if it's a little moment, you you sort of get it. And ever it, it's interesting, like how many characters this this had. And how much they had time to shine during it. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. How each each Muppet sort of had their time to shine during the whole thing, like even if it was just for a very short period. Um, I, I enjoyed it, and uh, I want to get to a little bit uh, talk a little bit about the human character that we see here. We see, I believe, it's only one human. Is that right? It's Doc. Yeah, Doc from uh, from Fraggle Rock uh, makes is is sort of the uh, the tenant at. Fozzie Bear's mother's house, Mama Bear, uh, and you know she's 
ready to go to Malibu and uh, for Christmas, she doesn't know Fozzie's showing up. So she rented out uh, her, her house for, for the Christmas holiday. And so Doc and Sprocket, who were sort of the, the main human protagonists on Fraggle Rock, they show up to come stay. And then obviously all the Muppets show up and, and, uh, and chaos ensues. But, you know, so Doc kind of uh, Jerry Parks, what uh, being on Fraggle Rock is well-versed in interacting with the Muppets um, in such a way that kind of allowed him to, to serve a really good, he was kind of the driver in in a lot of ways, uh, sort of just guiding the Muppets along, um, but also <laughs> being a victim of, of their mischief uh, and mayhem while he was just trying to have a, a nice Christmas holiday with the dogs. Well, I feel like he plays the, the straight man in a lot of this. I mean, you don't really see, he doesn't act goofy during it. He's, he's very much um, doing that sort of classic uh, straight man comedy, sort of like, um, you know, like an Abbott and Costello kind of thing where you have one per, uh, uh, one group sort of acting crazy and goofy and stuff like that. And that one person trying to maintain that seriousness. And, uh, you know, it, it was, it's, it's interesting because in this scenario, it's basically Doc. And I would say even Fozzie's mom a little bit too. Like they're both playing like the straight character and then everyone else there is going crazy completely. <laughs> like, it's it's just, they're just filled with a house full of insane people that only just increases more and more over time, um, which is uh, I mean to t- to describe Muppet Family Christmas in one word, I would say chaotic, and that's not out of character for the Muppets, but I think with the with the whole crossover thing going on, and sort of the claustrophobic environment they find themselves in, it's much more chaotic than. Uh, things normally feel i guess like even like when we just talk about what we talked about in previous episodes with like pepe's game show like pepe's game show is chaotic this felt even more so because of just how many elements are in it and how many things are going on within seconds of each other you know yeah and i I can't imagine uh how big this house is because like i you know i live in a a relatively small apartment and i if i have three people in here I'm like, man, like there's not a lot of room for these for these people. There are I, I mean upwards of 75 different Muppets in this home of of different sizes, obviously, but I mean, where's Big Bird going to sleep? I, I like did he break does he bring his nest with him? There's a snowstorm. I don't like is he a cold weather bird? Like probably not. So the the logistics of housing all of these Muppets to me um, was one of the more interesting parts and like as each Mupp- as each sort of set of Muppets kept arriving, uh, Jerry would approach Emily, the you know Fozzie's mom, and uh, sort of like have to rearrange where they were going to be as far as sleeping went. So Jerry knew, or Doc rather, uh, knew that uh, you know that that the Muppets were going to come first, and he was just going to have to slot in wherever he could. Yeah, absolutely. Now I do um, I, before we. I'm sorry before we before we leave the the the, the Doc talk. Um, there was a moment. <laughs> There's a it's moment. It's a third podcast. There's <laughs> the a yeah. It's just a fan, uh, a fan pod of uh, of Jerry Parks. There's a moment, and it's if you blink, you miss it. Featuring Doc. So uh, again, we're not going to go through the sort of chronology of this entire of this movie, but the sort of bat like plot B uh, of the movie is Miss Piggy trying to make it to to this. Uh, to this house and she's having all kinds of trouble it's very plain trains and automobiles like tr- her trying to get to this house uh yeah. where all of her friends are and there's this moment at the towards the end where she arrives and and she shows up and doc went out to get her and he comes back and for whatever reason he's dressed like a mountie there's the, this shot and, and and again just fi- whatever medium you're watching this on f- go to right before miss piggy starts singing home for the holidays you can see Doc in the background right behind Miss Piggy and she starts singing Home for the Holidays. I don't know if you noticed this, Joe, but when she starts singing Home for the Holidays, it's the most bizarre movement I've ever seen. But Doc literally, as if he's on wheels, slides out of frame at, I mean, a breakneck pace. Like, he's going so so much faster than I would expect a man his age to move. But it was this, I couldn't, it caught my eye and I rewinded and watched it probably three times to make sure I was watching what I actually thought I was watching. But 
I don't know. You'll have to go back. I'll, I'll send you the, the timestamp. But it's this like he just slides out of frame. And I don't know why that was a thing that they did. Because uh, you don't see his whole body. It's just like his lower half just just literally glides out of frame in a movement that I'm, was I'm not I'm currently hitting. trying to find it. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. I, I was not aware of that. Um, that's Did you almost, find it? No, not yet. That's almost X-Files. <laughs> that's, that's creepy. Here, let me... I'm gonna see if I can find it here. I'm gonna slide to it. I, I see. I see, I don't know why you're doing that. Yeah. I. I mean. I don't know. It's. It's. I. That's. That's just one of those production things. I. I assume it's just to give like uh, Miss Piggy like that that spotlight sort of thing. But that is weird. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I. It's. It's. I guess it sort of speaks to sort of like the 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 more nuts and bolts to the show. Like giving Miss Piggy her spotlight, which I have to sort of also spotlight how um, how crazy this this probably was from a puppetry standpoint. This whole special, the amount of puppets on screen that are moving and going crazy, and like I, I, I'm I'm struggling to find the words to describe how impressed I am that this many puppets were on screen at the same time. And like all having their own little individual things going on, um, like I, I I really, I mean, if I had three wishes, I think one of them would be to visit this set and see how this was done. I agree. It's especially, it's amazing. Especially the scenes where the Swedish Chef and Kermit are interacting, where because they're both Jim Henson characters, and so uh, just from an audio standpoint, now I think it would be easy to just sort of after the fact in post-production pipe in the Swedish chef's ramblings in any scene where you just move his mouth and then just pipe in whatever the heck you want, especially yeah. if Kermit is having a role on screen. But in the kitchen, there were several scenes in the kitchen um, where, yeah, where, where they're like Jim Henson is both of these characters. How, how did this happen? And again, if they're sitting under one table, where are all the people at? Like I, so yeah, no, I, I, I kind of agree that to see how this how this works uh, from a from a just pure like having to fit all of this stuff onto one set standpoint, uh, I, I would be very interested in seeing that. I sent that. Yeah, uh, like I, 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 you, by the way, Joe. Oh, did you? I, I, to be honest with you, I just saw it. Like as you said, <laughs> I just now I just ran across it. I think he's just getting pulled away on the sled. Wasn't that what it was like when she when she runs up, uh, or when she rolls up she's got the, the the dog sled thing going on that that he's also standing on okay yeah so i, I think I that's that, what it is i suppose yeah. that makes sense although but, I'm, I'm more willing to believe that he's just a robot and he just floated away there's a little bit of evidence to that too because what i was just about to say was it is weird for a different reason in that he is standing deadly still <laughs> it's rigid I, it's, I, yeah he's, yeah he's, it's he's, like he's fr- it's very weird now that i'm looking at it like he's i don't i don't think that's him I think but they yeah, literally just have him. like a dummy set up like on the sled. Yeah, I do see him hanging onto the handles of the sled. So yeah, yeah, he is, he is on the sled, but I don't know what that mannequin, whole time he doesn't move at all. That Bernie's situation they got with uh, with Jerry. I'm 100%. I'm just sitting here like reversing it and watching that little scene. He he's not breathing. There is nothing. He is just sliding away <laughs> into the oblivion. Um, probably not alive. That's weird. I've never noticed that before. I mean, I've only seen this once, but I've never. I didn't notice that when I was watching it. That's that's interesting. I'm I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, but no, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's uh, it's it's amazing to see what they pulled off with this. Um, those puppeteers. I mean, their shots, but they have to be standing like on top of each other, basically. Like, there's so many, and they're all so close together. They're basically like scrunched in. Like I can't imagine how one uncomfortable that would have been, um, and two just how difficult. Like to sit there, like you said, with Jim Henson uh, doing both car- uh, uh, Swedish Chef and Kermit. Just the talent, the talent that it takes to to move these characters like that in a way that they're having a conversation or having to do something at all. You know, while all this craziness is going on, like it, it's. I guess it's because I'm, I'm thinking about it like in terms of like how they're standing and like the movement that's going on between these puppeteers. Like I, I'm not, it's hard to describe over an audio, audio medium, but them like, you know, 
moving their arms in certain ways or talking or something. There's somebody, there's a puppeteer right in your ear talking about something completely different. Like it's, it, it's, it's gotta be difficult. It speaks a lot to the talent of these puppeteers that I, I cannot give enough praise for. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just thoroughly impressed. And you know, I, 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 what I'm, what I'm sitting, I'm forming this in my own head as I'm talking, but I'm wondering if they used a second puppeteer just for the Kermit and Swedish chef stuff. Like, Maybe someone was just playing Swedish Chef. Yeah, you know what I mean, I I would have to imagine. I mean, again, the the chef is is uh, if he's not sort of running the the show, uh, can probably be a pretty easy character for someone else to stand in for. And so the scene I'm thinking of um, involves uh, Kermit and Robin and the Swedish Chef, and then the turkey, uh, and the turkey is trying to sort of avoid being cooked by the chef. And so he goes and, and guides the chef over to, to show him Big Bird. And there's this moment where they all sort of run off to the side. And uh, I, I did see online that you can, and, and you notice it, you can kind of see the top of Jim Henson's head as he moves the chef over. But there's this, or the puppeteer, whoever the puppeteer is. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's this moment when, when they're all just standing there. And it, again, it's the chef and it's Kermit who is who, what is what. They're both talking in conversation. I would find it very, very hard to believe that Jim Henson, as talented as he was, was able to to that quickly go not only voice, but to, you know, the the way that they're talking, you know, inflection uh, and, and just script-wise. I, I don't think the logistics of that would work. So I think you're probably right, um, but that would be a cool thing to find out. Uh, in the future is just how they it would be off. And you know, it's also like he Swedish chef also has those two hands, like they have human hands. So it's gotta be, he, I don't know. He, he can't be doing both, I guess, but I don't know. Um, one of those things that maybe one day we'll interview somebody that has that answer for us. <laughs> um, we need to write these down and have like a six hour episode of just like asking this person, whoever this person, this, whoever this person may be, all these questions. <laughs> And expect them to know the answers and grill them when they don't. Yeah, I was about to say, they can just listen to the podcast, Joe. Like, I don't understand. You that's don't true. Expect, I assume they're listening. I expect everyone who comes onto the show to listen to every episode before they come on because that's a prerequisite. I assume everybody um, is anyway. <laughs> uh, I did want to mention, and, and this was obviously it, not a big part of the episode, but a really neat part of the episode, and I wanted to get your thoughts. Um, there's a moment where Scooter finds home videos uh, at Fozzie's mom's house. And it's a return of uh, a pretty notable sort of segment of Muppet lore and Muppet history. Uh, and it's the Muppet Babies. Yeah. Yeah, the absolute cutest thing I I'm, I'm, have probably ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, Yeah, it was just them sort of like reminiscing on these certain things and kind of intercutting with these, uh, with these moments of... Um, of the, the Muppet babies that I mean was another, it felt actually, it felt like another moment for me that was very sentimental. Um, do you, was it supposed to be like perceived that way? I feel like, I feel like maybe it wasn't. I felt I don't that way. think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, I just, uh, you know, the Muppet babies kind of originated in Muppets take Manhattan. And then obviously they got their own show, but they appeared in, in several different ways uh, outside of that. But, you know, this was sort of the first appearance in a while, at least, uh, of the Muppet Babies in kind of the same form they were in Muppets Take Manhattan being puppets as opposed to, like, animated or anything. Um, so, I, I mean, obviously, like, this being a family affair and thinking about it in the context of it being some of the last performances uh, by, you know, Henson, um, then sure, it, it definitely feels uh, more nostalgic uh, in that way or more sentimental, but that was just kind of them just singing Santa Claus is coming to town. And, uh, and then animal busts through the, the box at the end of the, the home video. And then he busts through the screen, uh, at the end of the, or, you know, as they were watching it. So it's kind of a, a good, yeah, I do want to say in my notes, that some things I, never change in my notes. I have an all caps baby animal. Um, I think that was the first appearance of baby animal. Because he was not in the Muppets Take Manhattan version. Oh, really? I would have been shocked. Yeah. That is cool. I'm actually watching that Muppet Babies scene right now from uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. But Baby um, Rolf, I think Baby Rolf is uh, is the cutest. Oh, yeah. If I'm 
He's going nuts on that piano right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's it's so much of this special is devoted to the music that plot wise, there's really not a ton going on. No, um, it's just them sort just of, hanging out. Yeah, it's it's like it's just sort of like a party situation, and we've already kind of covered most of the main plot points where. You know, they go to they go like you said. They go to Fozzie's mom's house. They get stuck in the snowstorm. Miss Piggy's on her way there. Um, Doc's trying to. Ha- he was supposed to be having a quiet. Now he re- he very quickly changes his mind and he's like, "Oh no, you guys are all right. Let's party." You know, um, it was only like the first like two minutes where he was like, "I don't want you guys here. I want a quiet." You know, yeah. moment. But very quickly turns around and that's about it. I mean. Uh, it's really just sort of this showcase, um, like you said, the celebration of, of Jim Hansen's world um, in a way that uh, really, like I said, gave all the all the Muppets a time to shine, a moment to sort of like show off who they are. You know, like you said, we have uh, Bert and Ernie making the, the play. We've got the Muppets doing their thing. We have the Fraggle Rock people. Um, Showing us their version of Christmas with the uh, with the shiny pebble. It was like a it was like a tradition that they gave the shiny pebble to one person, to another person, yeah. to another person. It Pass eventually it went to uh, Robin, uh, Kermit's nephew, and then it went. To, who did he give it to? He gave it to Bert. I felt like I feel like I can't the remember. Pebble. Yeah, the pebble. Uh, he gave back. it to. Let me go back to my notes. Here. Yeah, I don't remember. I'm looking as well. Um. But he gives it to someone as well, and it's just kind of cool. You see, I don't know, the Gelflings from Dark Crystal, they're cutting the turkey, and you see, like, uh, the Labyrinth people, they're playing uh, Christmas games. No, that's not true. Um, He gave it to Grover. He gave it to Grover. Grover, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, God, you know, now that I said that, I really do wish we would – I don't know how we would have done it, but – uh, maybe some dark crystal love and uh, and the Muppet Family. I don't know how, but I uh, yeah no, I don't. I mean, <laughs> like I they they went to the Fraggle like cave, uh, but I I don't know how. I don't know how we would have worked in any labyrinth or uh, or dark crystal thing. That's more of a Halloween special uh, situation. You think so? But no, I think like you mentioned, uh, not to not to dive off of that point, but like. You noting that it's basically just the Muppets hanging out and singing songs and stuff. It's, I mean, it's a it's a family Christmas, right? Like there, you know, there there is that kind of underlying plot point of trying to get Miss Piggy there, and it is again very like '80s Christmas movie, like where a family member is try, you know, again, planes, trains, automobiles, or the end of Home Alone or whatever, where somebody's just going through hell to try to get home for the holidays. Um, but I think that's what's cool about it is it's very just wholesome. And it's, you know, aside from the chef trying to murder Big Bird for a, a <laughs> I moment, think that was weird. <laughs> um, or even the turkey, there was, you know, it's just like, I mean, Mama or uh, Ma Bear, who was just ready to go to Malibu for three weeks, was pretty okay with the fact that her home was then overrun with all the Muppets, which I think is really cool. And like you said, Doc kind of changing his tune pretty quickly uh, to want to help them and want to hang out and then ultimately coming back and 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 delivering gifts and kind of tying everything together at the very end with with the Santa Claus thing uh I think that's what I like about it is that it is just it's just you know it's just the Muppets like they're just hanging out and and the inclusion of so much music like I love Christmas music just as it is uh but to start quickly with them singing we need a little Christmas in the car was very original Muppet movie moving right along to me, oh, yeah. like Kermit Big and Fozzie time. singing in the car. And then, you know, the next song being Jingle Bell Rock, where, uh, you know, the electric mayhem really gets to to go for it. And it starts out really nice with Robin just kind of like leading in. And then it busts in with, with one of the cooler renditions of, of Jingle Bell Rock with Zoot just running a saxophone solo. Uh, I love that stuff, man. Like it's, and then, Again, the the inclusion of all the caroling, and I think the end medley that they did, where where they were all sitting in the living room, that went a little long. If I'm not gonna, you know, if I'm gonna be honest, but which one was uh, it? The like they, it was just them at the very end, just singing like oh, the, it was yeah, it was like a medley songs. of songs. Yeah, yeah, there was like twelve songs <laughs> included yeah. in that medley. It was like I'm gonna wrap it up here, but no, I I I love this this movie, man, and it's I think it's because it's so unique. 
Um, and, and it is just kind of a, just a, a hangout <laughs> with all the Muppets, just them just chilling and, uh, and just enjoying Christmas together. Cause it is very much like getting together with your family for Christmas. Like you're not necessarily doing something the entire time. Sometimes just being there just hanging is, out. Yeah. is cool. And I, I think you nailed it perfectly when you said it's just wholesome. Like it's just, it's, you know, like I said, it's just them hanging out, but it, it's, everyone's happy. Um, everyone's cool with it. Everyone's, everyone's excited to see each other and everyone's excited to be there. Um, it felt, it felt like, I, I felt like I was watching this and just felt very safe. You know, there's no conflict. I mean, other than Miss Piggy trying to get there. But Miss Piggy was never really... I felt like she was never really shown to be struggling to get there all that much. It was just like a couple vignettes of things happening. But not necessarily bad. She was trying to push the car at one point. She got covered in mud. But yeah, aside from that, she got caught in a blizzard. Um, But didn't even seem phased by it hardly, you know? Yeah, no, she's, you know, she's a strong, independent woman. Yeah. I mean, Kermit was the one who were way more than anybody else but i mean it's like i expect that from kermit he's he's like that in almost everything he's dead yeah um but yeah there it's just everyone's happy everyone's excited everyone's everyone's just there and it felt it felt like a very very cool it felt like a christmas party of like all your friends you know it felt it felt cool to 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 be able to spend all that time with all those people together you know how you ever have like um like one group of friends interact with a different group of friends or something and you're like that's it's just weird it's like a it, it's just strange to see sometimes because they don't normally hang out like that's like what this felt reception. like yeah like a wedding reception exactly that's that's kind of what this felt like was like oh it's weird seeing them all together but it's it's nice it's cool i like it you know were there uh were there any any moments that stood out to you just as like funny little tidbitty kind of moments um I had a few that I've that I've uh, written down here. I do here. Let me pull up my notes again. Um, I, I what, my favorite little crossover thing, which wasn't even I don't even know if I consider it a crossover, but I liked that Rolf was playing the piano for Bert and Ernie for their uh, performance when they're like hit it, Rolf or whatever. I, I I thought that was really cool. Um, I love Statler and Waldorf I, being Fozzie's uh, Fozzie's mom's friend friends. Yeah, just kind of showing great. up out of nowhere. Yeah. That was and and not even being there for them. It was just like, oh, we just happened to come see Fozzie's mom, and you guys were here. <laughs> oh, that's one thing we haven't talked about is the snowman. Uh, kind of weird. Like, I the snowman was was a bit of a a departure, uh, in my opinion. From like, I don't I don't know. It just felt he felt out of place to me. Um, I'm not sure why. I don't know if you feel the same way, but uh, I do. It it was it was it was odd. Um, Fozzie's whole little storyline with this was th- with this guy was odd, where he kept trying to tell Kermit about his act and stuff, and and the snowman basically being like, "If I stay in here any longer, I'm gonna die." Like, it, was, <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, him just slow like them just getting roasted literally by uh, by Statler and Waldorf, and then yeah, like <laughs> like literally dying in front of all of them, having to go back outside while everybody else was having fun inside, like. That was uh, yeah that and I apparently the snowman parts like got heavily edited uh for some of the DVD VHS and other TV releases for both music right uh and I guess time issues so the snowman uh I guess the version that we saw uh is the longest version of uh of the snowman because sleigh ride was the the sleigh ride song that they did first was uh, eventually cut from uh, from future versions. So interesting. I don't know. R.I.P. to the snowman. But yeah, he was kind of exactly. Weird. He was very weird. The only other one that I have written down, and I'll let you tell yours, is um, it's very small, but it's a uh, Rolf and Sprocket barking at each other in the beginning. So <laughs> I have for some reason too. I love that. I have Rolf speaking dog because Rolf shows up and obviously he's speaking perfect English, and then Sprocket is barking at Rolf, and Rolf just starts going. Woof woof bark bark yep mm-hmm, woof woof and like obviously <laughs> understand and then it cuts to Doc and he goes sometimes you wish you understood the language <laughs> but obvi- like these obvious sort of like dog barks coming out of Sprocket and then just the words woof and bark coming out of Rolf right. I I yeah that was a that was a laugh out loud moment for me and that was one of the ones that I had was Rolf speaking dog yeah I th- I I agree I, th- I think that was my favorite like little moment of the whole thing well so one thing I wanted to to note 
and it's sort of a callback to our, our first few episodes. Um, there's a character aside from the major characters who made an appearance in the Muppet family Christmas, who was in every episode of Muppets now that, that we were at least the first three episodes of Muppets now. Uh, do you know who it was? I don't. Who was it? The Turkey puppet, uh, in this movie, while it's not the same voice, same character, it is the same puppet as Beverly Plume, uh, from the Okie Dokie cooking, uh, is it really or segments yeah it's the exact same uh puppet and this same turkey puppet made an appearance in the muppet christmas carol so when we get to that we'll see this uh this character again but at the very beginning when they're singing uh the uh ebenezer scrooge song at the very beginning of, of muppet christmas carol you see the turkey puppet pop out of a of a cart on the side of the street and it is the the same it's the same puppet but the turkey was interesting to me uh because it uh, voiced by Steve Whitmire, who voices um, Rizzo the Rat. The turkey and Rizzo had the same voice. <laughs> oh, they, they definitely were the did, same, yeah. They were the same voice, so that, again, a little jarring as uh, as they were moving through. But uh, the turkey was a, a an interesting, like, streetwise guy, like, wearing sunglasses the whole time. Uh, and his whole, like, M.O. was to try to not get eaten, which is respectable. I guess I understand that. But he did kind of throw Big Bird under the bus. Uh, and luckily... Uh, Big Bird was able to uh, avoid certain death by simply giving the Swedish chef bird seed dipped in chocolate, which I didn't really think was was something that was like a delicacy in in uh, Sweden. But yeah, he just gifted him chocolate covered bird seed, and and Big Bird was off the hook. So uh, the the turkey was an interesting thing, mostly because of the Beverly Plume Muppets Now connection. I thought the turkey was an interesting character to begin with. Very weird, like. Uh... It, it, it he felt very like shady. <laughs> it was maybe it was because well, yeah, of the like way it, it looked. Like probably the sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. Like he was wearing sunglasses the whole time. And it, it, there were there was something. I kept waiting for the. I, I kept waiting for a little more conflict involving the turkey. I mean, I guess like trying to get one of the most beloved children's characters on the planet killed is is a bit of a conflict. But I, I kept expecting more than what happened with him. It was very strange. Well, like. Well, yeah, like the plot point being because I think like he showed up at the house and said that the Swedish chef told him that he was like going to go on a cool vacation or something. And so to I want to hear that conversation over the phone where the Swedish chef somehow tracks down a turkey and gets him on the phone and says, hey, come out to this house and you're going to have a sweet vacation Um, all while, you know, obviously planning to to murder the turkey an interesting uh like and gonzo was you know involved and like tried to save the turkey but the turkey is you know from the streets i guess so was able to uh to get out of it and again try to get big bird murdered in his in his place but yeah that was he was another just kind of like kept showing up as just sort of a comic reliefy sort of situation um but yeah i i i made a note about the turkey just because of the uh the beverly plume connection yeah, which is really cool. I like that. I, I I didn't I didn't notice it, but I love it. Love me some Beverly Plume. I guess in all her forms, even if it's not necessarily Beverly <laughs> Plume. So. I have a couple more written down. Um, uh, Jingle Bell Rock is my favorite song in the. Uh, oh, in it the was movie. it was great. I, I mentioned that as well. Yeah. Um, when the Swedish Chef sees Big Bird, he says. Gobble gobble humunga, which I uh, I thought was really funny, and obviously in his voice it sounds a whole lot funnier. So <laughs> go back and, uh, and watch that. Um, when the newsman came on the television and said that they were going to have the biggest blizzard in 50 years, it immediately started snowing outside. And in the background, as Kermit was sort of like, I think it was Kermit saying like, "Oh, Miss Piggy's going to be out. She's going to be trying to come in this." In the background, you can hear the count counting each of the snowflakes as they fall past the window. <laughs> I didn't see and, that. Uh, yeah, just being like uh, distracted by uh, by the count, trying to count individual snowflakes. I thought was really funny. Oh, that's awesome! I might have to watch that again. If see that, that's that's great. Yeah, and then when uh, the two headed monster showed up as Santa Claus, Sam Eagle screaming, "Is nothing sacred?" Yeah, uh, that I was funny. Thought, <laughs> I also thought it was a good one. <laughs> but that's what I mean too. Is like that's that's i think that's the only line sam the eagle has in the episode like it's amazing how much they fit each little and that like summed up his personality perfectly like it's amazing how much they were able to fit into this 40 what is it 45 minutes or whatever yeah um of each like you see the personality of almost 
all the major Muppets and, and all the major Sesame Street characters. Uh, it's great. You know, it's awesome to watch to watch such a such a astounding feat pulled off. But uh, it's hard to say much more about it than we have. Um, but I guess I want to get your overall feelings towards it, Ben. I mean, I know we talked about it in a general sense, but um, what would you uh, what would you tell everybody about your feelings? You just sum up your feelings towards uh, a Muppet Family Christmas. I mean, what what do you got? Um, so, b- b- uh, real quick, I uh, oh, just sure. sort of going through the list of of uh, the cast from this episode. There are over a hundred unique Muppets uh, that appear in this uh, movie, That's which nuts. is astounding because just thinking again about the logistics of that and getting most of those on screen at the same time, uh, not all 100 were on screen at the same time uh, forever, but uh, to get all of them in there uh, was a pretty big feat. And there were a few like Beaker shows up, but Beaker doesn't really have a role. Uh, the penguins are there, but the penguins are just kind of flipping around outside uh, as I think it was the Fozzie Bear um, uh, snowman song was happening. There were like these just these moments uh, where, where each of the Muppets showed up. But like, yeah, as you noted, uh, it was kind of cool to see to see each of them sort of get their moment. Um, yeah. Sum up my feelings. I Look, I like I said earlier, uh, if I'm, you know, if I have to pick one Muppet Christmas thing uh, you know, movie, album, whatever. It, it's going to be Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, it's, you know, it's a movie that I watch when it's not Christmas. Uh, I, you know, it's one of the the few sort of VHS tapes that I've retained from, from my childhood just because I watched it so much and it kind of means that much to me. Um, but if if I don't have to make that choice and I'm presented <laughs> with, with, with all of, of the Muppet lore, this is, I mean, again, if, if you kind of want a one-stop shop, of of anything Henson in this sort of part of of his lore, you know Muppet Sesame Street Fraggle Rock like that, not Dark Crystal Labyrinth Yoda like that kind of stuff. But if you want those kind of Muppets, this has it all. Uh, and and it, it like as we as we mentioned, it's just very it's very light, and it it again it's a it's a quick forty five. Like it really doesn't feel like a long sort of drawn out thing uh and it's got it's got heart and it's it's wholesome and like you said it's it's safe and it's fun and there's plenty of music uh so there's a lot of uh, sing-along ability so it is a you know it is the muppet family christmas is a thing that you can watch with your family and uh and and just share in sort of the spirit of the season so i i love it i think it gets a 10 out of 10. Honestly, like, I, I don't know if there's anything wrong with this. Um, and, and what I mean is they didn't shoot too high, right? There's not, there, it wasn't very ambitious from a like plot standpoint. So they didn't have much to miss on. And just because of the inclusion of everybody and the seamless nature, uh, with which they, they pulled it off with like seven performers or eight performers, dealing with all of these different characters i i uh, it's it's a masterpiece honestly um and i i might be hyping it up a little bit but honestly i i can't think of anything wrong with it and again the the inclusion of jim henson at the end for me is just the cherry on top of a really really uh satisfying just thing uh that 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 was this this movie so 10 out of 10 i would recommend and I think there's a that's the reason why this was kind of the first one that we wanted to cover uh, from a or that I su- suggested that we cover from a, a Christmas standpoint because it kind of sets a tone early. Um, you know that whether it, it's the movie sets a tone early with the fun nature of of just our core Muppets hanging out, and then as you go, obviously you add everybody else, and it just keeps getting better. Yeah, I mean. I think you nailed it. I, 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 I really don't have much more to add. I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfect like introduction. I feel like into the sort of the Christmas universe that we're going to find ourselves in as we go through these episodes each year and is, is great. If you want just a little bit of everything, you know, if you want that Sesame street, if you want that Fraggle rock, if you want, uh, 
you know, the Muppets. Um, I, 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 I love it. 100% agree with you. Um, the only thing that does sort of hold it back for me and, I really can't. I can't even say it holds holds back, but I, I I would have been interested to see this with a little bit more of that ambition that you mentioned. Um, it is already ambitious, I think, from like a technological standpoint, but story wise, ambition like what could have been added, and what could have been done. But I mean, the lack of it also does create that that safe feeling that we were talking about. So it's it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting um, quandary I find myself with here, trying to trying to trying to score it in a way, because I like I I I, I like what we had, and also want to see an alternate version. Maybe I just want to see it. Maybe I just want to. Maybe I just want a sequel to this, and let's just go more ambitious with it. Let's just make a sequel. Hanson okay. Company, let's do it. All right. Even you if mean, you and me have to do it, it, we'll do it. <laughs> sure. I don't know how, uh, but look, let's we could try it. Let's do it. I'm down. Let's do it right now. Um. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, look, it's amazing. It, it, it's amazing. Um, I'm glad you suggested it. I think it's the perfect Christmas uh, episode to start with. Um, and I couldn't be happier with how it turned out, and I couldn't be happier with how this episode turned out. I think. Uh, you and I sort of crafting, uh, not craft, but sort of maintaining a little bit more of a freedom with this instead of recapping things, I think, uh, is going really well. You know, I, I, I'm just, I'm just happy right now. Like I, I, I feel in the Christmas spirit just because of this episode of, uh, Muppet Family Christmas. So. Well, Merry Christmas, Joe. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Ben. And Merry Christmas to everybody out there as well. Um, I guess from here, uh, what do we, we probably need to wrap it up. We've been going about an hour. Um, is there anything else you want to say, Ben, uh, maybe regarding anything we need to talk about? I I don't, I don't know exactly. I mean, just be on the lookout. Uh, we're going to try our best to, uh, to, to sort of find our lane from a, uh, frequency of release standpoint. Uh, and uh, and hopefully sort of get things out in a in a more timely manner. Again, we're trying to you know sort of finding our footing. Uh, again, if you're listening to this and it is in the relatively near future from when we were recording this, y- y- thank you for that. Uh, and and you know you probably know us personally and understand that there's a lot happening right now. And just to add context, this is late 2020, uh, so a lot of things have been happening. Um, but again, hopefully the episodes that come after this will only increase in quality. Uh, and become more and more consistent with their uh, sort of regularity uh, and the the type of content uh, that we hope to include. Because there's, as we noted here in, in a 45-minute special, over 100 different Muppets from four different universes showed up. And that just provides just a small idea of just how large the scale is that we're talking about. And, and if we really want to dig deep... Uh, and go for it. We have kind of an endless supply of of things to talk about, and and for us, I think it's just a matter of of categorizing and and trying to prioritize what we want to put out and when, uh, and and kind of mix the watch throughs with the deep dives and with all of that. So uh, you're you're gonna come along with us on this journey uh, as we uh, as we sort of figure this out. But I, I for one, I'm excited. Um, and uh, and I hope that that we can continue to sort of grow in this role uh, with this show and uh, and and learn a lot because every time we talk about one of these, whether it's an episode of you know a twenty five minute episode of Muppets Now or a movie like this, I you know just reading about it uh, or or even watching it, kind of catching some of those little glimpses, I'm learning a ton um, about sort of these things that I've I've watched this thing a hundred times probably, you know, I've seen this thing so many times um, and I'm still kind of catching moments and, and reading about different items. So I'm excited to learn more. And I hope if you're listening to this, uh, you are as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now the future of the pod looks bright. We have a lot of new, like you said, a lot of new ideas and a lot of things to try and it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be a journey. 
one crazy journey that I am super excited for. So uh, uh, f- remember to follow us on at Muppod Show. Get in on the conversation with us. Talk to us about uh, maybe your favorite parts of Muppet Family Christmas. Um, you know, we don't get to talk about this Muppet stuff uh, with anybody besides each other pretty much. So let's let's do that. Get in on the conversation with us. I want to know your favorite p- moment, uh, may- maybe your favorite little crossover thing that happened. And, um, you know just you know talk to us uh, we want to hear we want to hear from you guys we want to hear about the muppet conversations that we can have so all right ben well i guess i'll tell everyone you know thank you for listening to us and uh we hope to see you again next time happy holidays uh if we don't talk to you before the uh the, the beginning of the year have a happy new year and uh we wish you all the best for 2021 it can only it can only get better guys so uh sky's the limit Oh man, you're not kidding. It's it can only absolutely can only get better from here. So let's uh let's share that journey together as well then. All right. See you later everybody.